0: I've decided I want to talk to you this year.
1: Oh, thank you. I I really appreciate that. I I know your ego needs it.
0: Your ego needs it. Oh, it
1: does, man. It does.
0: I mean, this is therapy for you mainly. I mean. (laughs) Simon, you look very dapper.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I went with the houndstooth today. Houndstooth. Um, Okay. I thought, thought, uh, you know, I haven't seen Darien yet this year. I might as well look (laughs) a little fancy. I like your hoodie.
0: Thank you. I feel like I gave no effort for you.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's a very nice hoodie. I like the the color, too.
0: I'm really into hoodies. Something different, maroon situation here, you know. Yeah. You know, we'll see. (laughs) Simon, I've missed you, man. I had I I, I'm the one that canceled because I had I was traveling to the East Coast. It was just hectic, you know. And
1: And I and I wept. I wept a lot. <laughs> I, I like, believe
0: it was you can't talk to me.
1: <laughs> I mean I thought we were friends. I didn't realize this was a chore, but you had to talk <laughs> to me. I, I oh, it's good
0: to be, be, be back. It's good to be back. It's good to start up kicking off the year of uh arbiters of bad taste, which with a with a very interesting movie choice by the way,
1: yeah, oh man, I can't wait to to get into this with you um yeah give me your give me your first oh well, let's say what the movie is we watch right.
0: glass onion
1: glass and, onion, and uh, uh this, this is mystery. before
0: I get into it, this is a total Simon movie, okay <laughs> I'm like <laughs> <laughs> and the whole family watched it. I was just going to watch it and then they were perusing around and then they were like this is good. And then yeah. everybody watched it. So my first impression was this is kind of a murder mystery thing and this is totally Simon. Totally. I thought of you first, my friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so oh man. Oh man, I can't wait for this. This is going to be this is going to be so classic us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> What about it? Let me let me get your take first. What about it to you said this is totally Simon.
0: One, the murder mystery. I know you like stuff like that.
1: I and love murder mystery. you love it,
0: right? And yeah. we reviewed a movie that was a murder mystery before. Yeah,
1: we we did Death on the Nile right. a few months back.
0: Right. And uh, I know you like this detective thing and the whole and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is Simon. This is totally a Simon movie because of this, but also lots of talking. Lots, lots of, talking.
2: of talking. Lots of t-
0: Murder talking. detective. Lots of talking equals <laughs> Simon.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give you my hot take right out the gate. I hated this movie. Wow. I hated it. Wow.
0: I have to know why.
1: <laughs> um. I hated it for all the reasons I hated *The Last Jedi*. Mm. I thought this is dumb disguised as smart. Ooh, this is a this is the the old you know wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. And I don't mean the writer director is dumb. I just mean this movie's dumb. <laughs> There's so much to say about why I think it's dumb. But the telltale sign is that the direct the writer director Ryan Johnson felt the need to tell us it's dumb. The detective Benoit Blanc, he actually yells it in a fit of passion. It's so dumb. Now, when Ryan Johnson has Benoit Blanc do that, what he's trying to tell us is that he knows it's dumb. That's why it's smart. But I refuse to accept that saying your dumb thing is dumb makes you smart. <laughs> this is totally you, man. <laughs> so I actually, I, I, I got a little. Too wrapped up in my thoughts about it. Mm. And I actually went online and I read and I listened to uh, positive reviews about the movie. Because I, I, I thought, I I must just be wrong. I must just not get it. But every positive review reinforced what I did not like about it. It's like, yes, the things that you are counting as a positive are exactly why I think it's a negative and it's i felt really bad actually saying because Ryan Johnson seems to be a really classy, sweet, amazing guy. People seem to really want to work with him. And that shows by how many famous people just showed up to do little things in this in this movie Glass Onion. There's so many cameos from Kareem Abdul Jabbar to Angela Lansbury. Yeah. Who you know that that happens at the beginning of the movie and Benoit Blanc is in the bathtub and all that's kind of stolen from Sh- Sherlock Holmes you know Sherlock Holmes he kind of goes crazy between cases and you know most cases aren't worthy of his time and talents and that's what Ryan Johnson's doing here it's a total rip off of Sherlock Holmes and I'm actually fine with that you know it's so difficult to come up with new stuff for these detectives to be, especially if you're trying to create somebody who's a little eccentric, who's a little kind of outside the box. What was great about the first movie, and, and I can't help but compare it to the first one. Uh, the The character, Benoit Blanc, who's played by Daniel Craig, I really love his performance. I think he's wonderful. I think he makes a wonderful detective with that, you know, his crazy southern accent, you know, and everything. Um, we did not need to know anything about Benoit Blanc's personal life in the first movie. I don't know how well you remember that first movie. I haven't watched I, I, not it. Not that
3: since. much. Yeah.
1: I've only seen it once, and I watched it when it first came out. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it also had huge shortcomings. And I think Ryan Johnson depends on. He depends on like these little quirks for things. So in the first movie, one of these big quirks was the the heroine couldn't tell a lie without throwing up. She literally barfed every time she told a lie. That's humorous. It's fun. It's funny. But capturing the bad guy rests too much on it. It's kind of like a Hardy Boys Nancy Drew thing. It's kind of like a, a – it's kind of like it's written by a, a teenager. You know yeah. what I mean? Or for teenagers or something like that. You know, it's – so Ryan Johnson, he seems like an extremely intelligent guy. He writes these great scripts. You know, that that he, he shows he has a lot of talent for writing. He really does. But then there's all these things in it where you're just like he just needed somebody to tell him, "No, that that's 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 lame." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you're it's like you're 70, 80% great and then you add these things in there. It's like, "No, that's lame." And and yeah. they're pivotal, important things. And so that's why I just have a real problem with him as a filmmaker, just because I'm just like, it's kind of like that George Lucas thing. Yeah, George Lucas was amazing. He created Star Wars. He he created you know just amazing things, but he needed somebody to tell. And and when he was able to just do it all himself, it, it really showed that no, he needed he needs people to say no. Yeah. He needs people to help him write the scripts and things like that. Because when he does it himself, it, it's not so great. Mm. <laughs> it's just not so great. <laughs> and I think Ryan Johnson just kind of suffers from that same thing. I think he's a brilliant guy. I think he's an extremely competent director. But it's in the writing and the execution of various plot points and character points that I'm just like, "Man, if somebody would have been there to just kind of tighten this up and, and kind of take it out of this kind of cartoonish teenage kind of thing, then this could have been a lot more interesting. As it was, I found Glass Onion completely uninteresting. <laughs> I, I really did. From start to finish, I thought this is completely I, – well, I shouldn't say from start to finish. For about five minutes, I thought this might be interesting. <laughs>
2: This
0: is unbelievable, man. <laughs> and it's then just, it, it just kind exciting. of did this
1: spiral downward. And it's not the fa- fault of the actors. It's yeah. not the fault of anybody working on the film. It's simply a fault of the writing.
3: Mm. Wow.
1: And I mean, so, uh, what what was your big takeaway from Glass Onion?
0: I feel like we watched. We had a very different feeling about this, which I think is good.
1: Actually. I know that's what I would. That's why I did not voice my opinion in the text before. You clearly I, did not. I wanted you to just have your own opinion and to come in and argue with me. That's yeah, what I wanted.
0: I I like the points you're making, I'm like a see it. I would say like I enjoyed most of it until they started to unravel everything towards the back half. Like you start explaining Janelle Monet's character that it's her, you know, it's Helen, it's not Andy. And that they that, were, that's right. I mean. it's like, you know, that they were point. <laughs> right. They it's were hard. working together, and I was like, I'm not sure I needed to know that, you know, like, I was like, eh.
1: It it could have been brought out so much in in, in such a more interesting way.
0: And it more it was clumsy. I felt the back half very clumsy, yeah. and I felt Ed Norton's character became very pointless towards the back half. It's like, uh, okay, like,
1: so. All of the positive reviews were just raving about how Ryan Johnson brilliantly um, exposes all these influencers and people like the Elon Musk's of the right. world. Right, I'm, I'm going like to talk
0: that. about that because that's interesting to me. But yeah,
1: so my my personal opinion on that was, um, if he if he would have had something interesting to say about those people, then that's great. But I I, I there was not a single point in the movie where i thought, oh well, that's an interesting take on yeah. these influencers and the elon musks of the world and stuff like that. It was also obvious and anybody who already agrees with that perspective already agrees with it. And most people do, <laughs> i think. Most <laughs> yeah. people do. There there's the outliers who who actually think these influencers and elon musks are are like the the saviors of mankind and stuff like that. But th- those are outliers. The 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 rest of us know That you know, I'm not you can be an influencer and still be a good person. I'm not trying to say that, but a lot of these you know, the you know, Dave Bautista, he was kind of parodying the um what's his name, Jones. Yeah.
0: Like he's the Twitch guy, you know, he's trying to be like the news InfoWars type of guy. Exactly,
1: InfoWars is what I'm trying to think of. Um and it's just obvious. And it's just like, I mean, there was nothing interesting said about it. There was no new perspective brought forward about it or anything like that. That That's my opinion. You know, somebody yeah. else might have thought maybe there was a really hot take on things. But <laughs> I was like, no, this is just really obvious. This is what we all think already.
0: I, I would agree with that. I think that um, I, although I, I did, I do like when that's presented, I did think to myself, this is obvious that these people fit into these categories of people we don't think highly of, or that we think are indicative of not positive aspects of society. Yeah. Uh, for that. You know.
1: Now, now, if anyone would have done anything that would have been outside of the caricature that we already think that person to be, that might have been interesting, but nobody did. Yeah. Everybody just did exactly what you think they're going to do. Therefore. What's interesting about that?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was you know I thought what I um I thought I went I felt like a little deeper thing was that like people's loyalty extends only as far as it benefits them for that. Mm. And that I think that that has also been done. I'm not saying that's new. It's not but I think it's sometimes a it's a it is a lesson that we we don't think about enough. I think mm. that's the larger part of a lot of issues we're having is our loyalty is pretty much to us and not to the greater good of society. And I thought that was a theme like and they made it obvious, like at the end when it was, they're like, I saw Miles with the gun. I yeah. saw, you know, it's like it was really stupid how they did it. But it, I, I tried to see the deeper purpose and like, yeah, that's what people do. They try to save their own ass, you know, like they're not growing this consciousness. You know generally speaking, I mean yeah. most people's sympathy for other people extends to themselves,
1: generally speaking, yeah. exactly you, you know you know that this movie is also a comedy, and i and I tried to take that sure. into account, yeah, you know, and I was just like so I was trying not to be too harsh with my criticism as I'm watching it, <laughs> but my problem is is that I think too long and too hard about these things, and I end up going further and further into this kind of rabbit hole of yeah. disgust, if you will, <laughs> where I'm just like, um, you know, I I just can't handle it. You know, at some point I'm just like, why? Why take all of this talent that yeah. was clearly on display and do something so derivative and obvious? Yeah. And and that's what I mean, you know, I actually, as I was looking up reviews and stuff i had there were people websites who were saying this is one of the best murder mysteries ever that's crazy actually for me that's absolute insanity that's I was like I was like, I guess you've never actually watched any other <laughs> especially the classic murder mysteries yeah. you know and you know when 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 I realized about halfway through or so that this wasn't going to be a murder mystery. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And I tried to wrap my mind around the disappointment of that. Yeah. I was like, "Mm." because there's no mystery. Once again, you know, one of the themes of it is that the Benoit Blanc detective, he can't do simple things.
0: No, he can't do a clue. Clue is hard for him.
1: Yeah. Right. Because because it's too obvious. It's too easy. And he's trying to look too deep into something and once again it's like that's kind of funny as a side thing but it's not interesting for your major plot point yeah just like it's not interesting to have the twin sister yeah. sorry spoilers everybody <laughs> but <laughs> it's been on twin. netflix you should be watching it at This point. Yeah. <laughs> i mean it's just it's just not interesting. And, and and when Benoit Blanc, you know, he gets mad and he just says it's all dumb and you're just dumb and, you know, and everything you've done is dumb. You know, and I'm just like, well, yeah, we don't need Benoit Blanc to tell us that. That's yeah. the other thing that just annoyed the heck out of me. It's like, I can see that. I don't need Benoit Blanc to tell me that. Now I'm now I'm irritated at Benoit Blanc, somebody that I I liked.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know what's great about this is
0: like I I don't know if you thought about this, but like when you said Benoit Blanc, it's like the game clue is like, oh it's stupid, it's almost too obvious. And you know what the first thought that came to my mind? That's how I think you view movies too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> Shannon is always um she's all you know, she's always impressed. She's like because I've normally figured everything out you know beforehand and it's because i and 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 that's not always the case but i have guesses and suspicions and things like that and we actually started to watch some tv new tv show that's also a detective murder mystery thing and i can't remember the name of it's it's the guy's name it's like trevor i don't know anyway you know I survived through the first episode and decided that's not worth watching <laughs> anymore and because it was a similar and same kind of thing where it's just like, you know, they, they open the show with showing the, a crime being committed, you know, stuff like that. And already I, I can see through it because it's supposed to be kind of showing you one thing, but it's really another thing that's happening does that make sense yes and i see through it right away and i turned to shannon i was like oh he's not really you know this and she's actually you know this and it's a big mistake and blah 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 and that's exactly what happens you know and i'm just like i'm not a brilliant detective you know what i mean i'm not benoit blanc i'm not sherlock holmes so all i ask of uh, if you're gonna call something a murder mystery make it a freaking mystery (laughs) That was the other problem with knives. The the first Knives yeah. Out movie is that once again the guy who is the a hole turns out to be the bad guy. Right. And it's like, well, we already knew he's a bad guy, so why did you make him the bad guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's too on the nose, right? I was thinking about this, and I and, and I thought about it when I first watched the the first Knives Out movie. If you remember the the big thing about the in the first Knives Out movie is the nurse, she's a sweet, you know, nurse and and she's taking care of the old man. And it appears that she mixed up the his medication. And it was her fault that he actually died. But he loves her, not in a romantic way, but he just loves her as a human being and leaves all of his inheritance to her, outing they're all of his family, you know, and, and, and things like that out of out of the will, completely leaving them out of the will. Um, so. From the get go, it's like, you know, that somebody else switched the medicine, it's like, OK, she can't have done it. You know, I mean, that's there's a there's a nefarious person who's done it. The biggest a hole there. You just assume he's done it and then the end yeah. he did it. Big, you know, big big mystery. Wow. <laughs> and the whole time I'm thinking, how much more interesting would this movie have been if she had actually done it? Yeah. On accident. Accidentally killed her patient, and now she's getting this inheritance and she doesn't feel she deserves it, and there's a brilliant detective figuring it out assuming that something nefarious had happened, but nothing nefarious had actually happened, it's just an accident that she's trying to cover up. And maybe in the end he figures it all out and he allows the cover up anyway, despite his, you know, better judgment, which would have been to show everyone what had happened. And now all these a-holes who didn't aren't guilty of murder still don't get their inheritance and this good person who just made a mistake gets. i mean how much more interesting and thought-provoking would would that have been right than to just have an obvious bad guy who did it (laughs) and that's what i'm thinking about in glass onion as well where it's like how much more interesting could it have been if, if if you're because what he's doing is he's, he's, he's presenting us a mystery that's not a mystery, and that's the idea of the glass onion. Right. It appears to have layers and levels, but it doesn't. It's very transparent. Okay, fine. That's an interesting <laughs> idea. I mean, it, it could be an interesting idea, but it has to involve interesting people who are smart and intelligent who we think maybe could be capable of doing something interesting. Yeah. But there's nobody in that there's no character in Glass Onion who seems capable of doing something interesting.
0: <laughs> you know, this is the this is the best, honestly. <laughs> You're like you dive so deep. And you know what? I, I do too. But I think I have I think I have like like a stupid brain about movies sometimes, too. And I think that's what directors go for is they go, I think they want to know and have complexity, but I think these are also monkeys. And yeah. some level, they just want to have baboon entertainment. And I think that's probably where I and maybe a lot of other viewers um, maybe like something like this because they don't want to think about it too hard. Like yeah. I have two things like I want to think how you th- I think how you think. And actually, you're screwing movies for me, Simon. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm like, because every time I go into this, I'm like, OK, I have Simon brain right now. I'm thinking yeah. like, that's dumb. Wait a minute. How did this happen? And then I have this other
1: brain that's like,
0: I'm just being and, you know, I'm just doing something enjoyable. <laughs> right now.
1: You know. So I text you that I watched Twins with my kids the other day. Yes. Twins is a ridiculous premise. <laughs> it's a it, so many things that happen in the movie are so unrealistic and far-fetched that they you know you you sit there in that what you, i think what you're talking about suspended you know disbelief you're yeah, just like, you're just going to yeah. go with it yes but the movie makes up for all that by being a a comedy b having wonderful performances by everybody who's in the movie and c having so much heart yes that you just don't care and in fact the the corniness of it and the heart of it makes it so those things that don't make sense that are too far fetched to be realistic you want to go with it now yeah you want to believe that Jules can just feel his brother and he has so much love and such a deep connection to his twin that he can find him, you know, no matter where he goes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's that's so dumb to say out <laughs> loud. It really is. It's stupid. But because, like I said, the, because the script is so good, because the the acting is so good, you forgive it all and that's what i thought was so interesting when i when i when i took that back and i and i compared that to glass onion i was like i mean they're both equally stupid yeah when, when especially if you're just giving somebody a description if you just describe what happens in these movies they're just both so stupid <laughs> you're almost embarrassed describing it <laughs> So what makes one great and what makes one f- so forgettable? Yeah. For me, anyway. Somebody else, Glass Son, you might be their new favorite movie. Fine. It can be. <laughs> Go with it. You're like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. If I wasn't so wrapped up in thinking how bad this movie was, it would be so forgettable. <laughs> But this podcast actually requires me to continue thinking about it.
0: Yes, it does. It this is one of the this is one of the movies I think that we reviewed that, like I both agree and disagree. Like, yeah, and and like weirdly big directions. Like I'm like, yes, Simon, I totally get it because you know it started to fall apart for me for sure. My daughter was watching it with me very closely. She was like, what happened in the back part of this? Like she saw it, you know, she's 11. Yeah. But yeah. the other part, I was like, I don't know. It was just kind of entertaining, seeing stupid people. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the weird effect that people get with, like, things like TikTok and all that. You see, like, stupid stuff all the time. It's really not great. But there's something, Absolutely. there's like this weird, stupid effect that people enjoy about stuff. Yeah. And I found myself being wrapped into a little bit of that, too. Like, eh, you know, eh, it, it's entertaining on some level. You know, yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> not amazing but entertaining on some level
3: you know
1: i oh man so okay here's a couple of things i did afterwards okay i decided i'm going to watch some really different mysteries and uh and, and you know i i haven't been watching a lot of tv and movies i just don't you know i'm yeah. just doing other things it's it's so but i decided i'm just going to make some time for it so after watching *Knives Out*, I went and watched *The Good Guys*. Do you remember that movie? I Russell Crowe and uh, what's his name, Gosling. Mm-hmm. I don't know your opinion on that one. I think it's superb. Yeah, it's. I think this movie good. is so good, and especially to watch that movie after watching that, or the *Glass Onion* movie, it made it even better. I was all I could do is sit there and marvel at how good the script is how good the acting is, how good the different plot points are, and and even the ones that 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 end up I mean it's also a comedy and so there's just a lot of silliness that happens, there's a lot of serendipity that happens. You know, um there's uh, for most of the movie there's a lack of heroism. <laughs> you know that that's occurring throughout most of the movie. But it's
3: so good.
1: Yeah. Then I watched Two Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: Oh man, classic!
1: <laughs> also, just but one of the corniest movies for sure. Right, and, and you know what's happening. You know yeah. what's coming. You know everything is happening. You know, it, uh, like Glass Onion. It's just like yeah, there's there's twists and turns, but you see it all coming. It, yeah, it's no mystery to the audience who's watching. Uh, but it's a mystery to the detective in the movie, who is just kind of incompetent. I mean, he's not dumb. Sure, I get what you're saying. But he yeah. just doesn't get it. He's not putting it together. And the reason he's not putting it together is because the plot is so stupid. I mean, in the end, when you find out that it's all about building a freeway... Right.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so once again, I was like, oh, man, this is a moment kind of like... This is where Benoit Blanc would step in and be like, this is all so stupid that I couldn't put it together. You know? yeah but it's so much better why is it so much better
0: you know what i think one of the things that's maybe different is like a lot of movies today are trying to emphasize what's wrong with society and then putting it into comedies putting it into dramas i mean anything any genre what's wrong with today and what's wrong with the people of today whereas like a who Roger Rabbit you you didn't think about that you didn't think about any of that stuff you're just on a ride you're just on a ride and you don't have to think about the social commentary of cartoons and people <laughs> like and these people are that's what i think the big difference is
1: i think you nailed it man so this is what i've been try- so i i am completely unfair to Ryan Johnson i want everybody to know that Ryan Johnson is a completely competent filmmaker, and so i I want everybody to understand that I understand that I am unfair to Ryan Johnson because I'm comparing him to greats of whom I don't think he is one yet. I think he could become a great I think he has the talent and the capacity to be a great filmmaker, but as of yet he just he's not there yeah and and somebody that I compared him to was Clint Eastwood mm. Who I think is one of the best filmmakers of our of for our show. Sure, for sure. And I'm thinking about the way he does messaging in his movies. They never the messaging never overtakes the narrative. The story comes first and the messaging is just kind of in there and you get it. And it's profound and it's powerful because it's told to you through the story. One of the most obvious ones I can think of, sorry, is um, a Million Dollar Baby.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Ask anybody what the message is to Million Dollar Baby. I don't think, I, I think that movie is too difficult to say there's a definitive message. And I think that's the message of the movie. Yeah. You think you have an opinion on these things? And now I'm going to show you how your opinion might fail you. The way it failed these characters. The way that love and courage is displayed differently through these characters in ways that we, in our hearts and minds, don't want to think of as love and courage. Yeah. That's... I don't expect that kind of profoundness out of Glass Onion. I really don't. (laughs) Okay. I'm not. But to what you were saying earlier, the way that it's so on the nose, I'm just like, give me something that I can that I actually need to think about later. Give me something that I can walk away and think about. Huh. Maybe, you know, this or maybe that. There's no maybes in Glass Onion. No, there's no maybes. There's there's just this is it and there's no other way. Yeah.
0: And what is it going to accomplish? Like, I thought about this. I'm like highlighting that these are the atrocities or the different versions of bad people in society doesn't change anything. It doesn't like it's not going to cause any sweeping. Like, you know what? I realize that, you know, these are bad people. I'm going to go out and change it. Nothing's going to happen. Like, it's just
1: it's punching down.
0: Yeah, it's just exactly. Exactly. Exactly.
1: It's like, we already know these people are bad. Well, like, already just punching down on it. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and so, and if you're not going to have an interesting antagonist, then you need to have an interesting protagonist. Yes. You know, just, just, but somebody's got to be interesting. <laughs> and just nobody is. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. There's just no, nobody's interesting in this movie. <laughs> Zero. I think you know, and think they're
0: like they be they're trying to, like they're trying to, but then it just becomes about the societal commentary. It's clear that Miles Braun is like Elon Musk. It's very clear. Yeah. You know, but then he becomes less interesting as the movie goes on, more and it to my thing is the worst thing is they, they wasted Ed Norton, who was a fantastic actor. Oh I gosh, mean fantastic yeah. actor. You know, way better than a lot of those guys who were in there that he was performing. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's up there.
1: By far the best actor in that movie is Ed Norton, and by far the lamest character in the movie is Ed Norton. It's
0: Ed Norton. That's a shame,
1: actually. (laughs) I mean, and there were points in the movie where I had hope that maybe it would take a turn. Right. You know, when Ed Norton's character was, was begging... Benoit Blanc for basically for protection. Yeah. Know? And I was like, okay, maybe. But I, I yeah. You know, by that point, I'd lost hope that this movie was going to be interesting. <laughs> but I was like, okay, maybe something interesting is going to happen. And then they go through and they show you how, you know, the twin is a plant. And, you know, yeah. and that that they're doing this whole espionage thing instead of a murder mystery. It's like they already know. Yeah, all they need now is, like you said, it's just like the game of Clue. It's like we know who did it. Now we need yeah. to find, uh, and we know the motive, and uh, and and we know the the weapon. And now all we need to do is find, you know, the 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 red envelope, you know, which is, and it's just like. I get how you think that might be clever. I get how a person might think that might be clever. Yeah. But then go watch the actual movie Clue and see <laughs> an actual clever movie. Yeah. The fact that Clue could have three different endings that all work, that's a clever movie. Right. And be absolutely hilarious the entire time, with great performances from uh, from amazing actors the entire time. That's a great movie. Yeah. And here it's just like, I don't know. I just don't know what to say. You know, (laughs) there's there's only one way this movie could have ended and it ended the way it did. I'll tell you when I almost I almost turned it off when they started breaking all the glass statues. I did.
0: You know what I did, too. And I knew I said clearly the Mona Lisa is going to be the thing.
1: I mean, it was obvious
0: from the beginning, too. That was obvious.
1: Yeah. It's like you can't. Put that much emphasis on something, and then you know. Right. They were dangling it constantly. There's no subtlety. No, you know, there's, there's no, no subtlety. subtlety. No subt. So, that's
2: no
0: that's no what that's what it is, Simon. There's literally no subtlety. It's like you're stupid, so you need to know everything that's gonna happen, so that you don't have to think about it. Just, and that that's somewhat a commentary on maybe I don't know if the directors purposely do that or not, but maybe unconsciously they think. This is our audience. They're not exactly heavy thinkers. You know, they just want to be entertained. They're not the Simons of the world. You know, they're just like, they're (laughs) draconian, you know, mindless robots watching movies who just want things to blow up. I think maybe some of that actually goes into the thought process of focus groups and things of that nature, potentially.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean you're you're probably right because you know they had to end the movie by blowing up the whole exactly building <laughs> the whole. You know, I mean it was just so silly and, <laughs> and 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 once again it was like, what is her motivation destroying the Mona Lisa? Right. I know that her motivation is to get back at this guy. How does destroying the Mona Lisa accomplish that? How does destroying a priceless piece of art that is widely considered the greatest painting ever ever created how is destroying that accomplishing your goal you've already done it you've already you're going to expose the thing that's right the the stupid fuel and all that stuff (laughs) stupid fuel yeah you know i mean it's like but there's supposed to be this empower so okay here's something i want to applaud ryan johnson on he seems like a really woke guy. He's really with it. Right. His, the heroines in both of these Knives Out movies are heroines. They're female. They both happen to be young, beautiful people of or minorities, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I think and, – and and they're actually both characters that I like. I just don't like the movie they're in. Yeah um both actresses are fabulous and do a great job with the material that they have you know so um i i want to applaud ryan johnson for that and at the same time i think and i'm trying to think of the way to say this but the whole female empowerment hindered the movie at the end and that's when she starts throwing down the glass statues. Yeah. Um it, because it, it at that point it becomes this eye roll. It it was for you, it was yeah, for it was, me. For sure. I don't need her to do that. I I don't need this obvious visible physical smashing of things. I wanted her to just outwit him. To just right. outwit the other people. And in order for her to outwit somebody, they have to be smart. And the first anybody can outwit an idiot. So that's not so Right. That's what I'm kind of getting at. It's like I want a protagonist who's up against an antagonist that is that seems to be better than them mm. in every way. And then for that antagonist to overcome. I mean, that's that sounds formulaic, and, and maybe it is, but at least it's interesting.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I find movies today to be very difficult to be great. I just do. I There's something off about movies. I find a lot of series that I like to watch to be very interesting. But movies are a difficult climb for me. I feel like today's movies, it's just... Very uninteresting. That's why I end up not watching them.
1: That's yeah. why I end up, I, I have better things to do with my time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and I'm not trying to sound egotistical about that. I'm not trying to say that I have all these important things to do. But seriously, like, almost anything would be more worth my time right. than watching most of the crap that comes out. That's yeah. why
0: you and I both always, the whole show was like, about many times, movies from the 80s and 90s. It's like, yes. you know, it's like we're going back and telling you about things that actually we thought were really good, but putting yes. a twist on it. Like, yeah. a lot of people think these are bad, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like. You know, I mean, every era has its horrible, horrific yeah. movies, and every era has um, great movies, uh, and and we're still – People are still making great movies today, yeah, you know, and I don't want to take that away. I don't want to say that that people are not, but it it, it there we're going through something, and you feel it, and I feel it yes we're going through something in Hollywood that is just really dumbing everything down and i and i and i hate to say that it's wokeness i hate to say that it's like black lives matter and lgbtq plus because i support all of those things and i want all of those things to be represented well in our movies and all i ask is that it be done in an intelligent way in which it's not just i, I, I don't know how else to say it it's just not dumb <laughs> I just don't know how else to say that. Yeah. And I guess it must be just really difficult like you say to make a really good movie. It it just must be. But when I think of the absolute best movies and I think about how simple they are. Yeah. I mean, when you break it down, the, the movie I mentioned earlier, A Million Dollar Baby, that's a really simple movie. It really is. It required, comparatively, almost no budget. Yeah. You know, I mean, sure, you had to pay for Morgan Freeman and, you know.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, but I bet a lot of these people wouldn't, wouldn't require that huge of a salary to do a Clint Eastwood movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially that one. I think of No Country for Old Men. Oh, man. How simple is that movie? That's
0: a crazy, simple movie, but very, like, it moves, man. That thing moves
3: forward
1: on you. Yeah. It, it doesn't even have a soundtrack. It's crazy, actually. I mean, that's how simple that movie is. Yeah. And in a lot of it, there's very little talking. It's true. There's a lot of scenes of staring out into the vast openness exploring a crime scene that's already happened and just not talking, just looking. Yeah. There's. You, I, I don't know if you can get more simple than those kinds of movies. Yeah. So
2: good.
0: I think one of the other things, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I pointed this out in many, many episodes ago, I think. And it was like we really both jived on is that, you know, movies are a reflection of like what's happening in your life or who the human experience I think the worst movies, you can't see yourself in the movie. You can't see the humanity in it. You just, like in Glass Onion, although I found it in many parts to be entertaining, I was like, well, this is just a clear societal commentary of wokeness, gone forced wokeness with that, and then obvious. It's like, I don't see myself in this murder mystery. I don't see myself on this island. I don't see anything about this to be realistic about my life. Or other people's lives in it. It's not a mirror for me. And I think that's what the superhero movies have done that, I think, to people, is while I enjoy some of them, a lot of it is just like, okay, like the best ones make you feel like, hey, man, that's like, I could see parts of that in myself. But then if you can't see the relatability of it, it, it's difficult. That's what the magic was of Midnight Mass.
2: Yeah, Mike
0: Flanagan is one of my favorite directors. Current directors, he gets it. Yes, you could see yourself does. grappling with the same struggles those people struggled with on that island of religion, spirituality, life, death. And by the way, it's a vampire movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. it's it's not on the nose
1: that it's a vampire movie
0: or, or series. I mean, it's not. It's that's the genius in it.
1: The, the, to your point, the movies that work the best, the the themes, the characters, the conversations, all of that work without the fantasy element. Right. You take away the fantasy fantasy element and it still works. Everything in Midnight Mass still works, even if you take away the vampirism. Therefore, the vampirism is... An extension and helping us see in, in a more, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for, grand or just kind of hyper, you know, state of, you know, uh, just putting it all on display for us in that way. And it 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 gives us something else, you know, other than you know the mundane everyday, you know, yeah. it, it adds this element, you know, to it that I really love. It it almost adds like an X file element, yeah. to it That that yeah. I that I loved about that, you know, the small town. I love everything in that movie is confined. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. doesn't have world ending implications. <laughs> and the way that People in Glass Onion talk about it. It has huge world, yeah, you know, implications. Not world-ending, but he's trying to sell this fuel that could potentially blow people's houses yeah. up. You know? Yeah, so it has this worldwide implication. And Midnight Mass and movies of its ilk. It's like, no, it's just these people. It's just, just, just people. this little town. It's just this little island. That's the brilliance of putting it on an island is to isolate it and say this does not have implica- – this this is not going anywhere else. This is staying here. Yeah. This just involves these people. It's brilliant. And the yeah. best X-Files episodes, by the way, are of that nature as well. It just involves a small little group of people. It doesn't have – you know that when I get bored with X Files and things like that, as sure. they start doing the, the 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 aliens are gonna come and take <laughs> over and stuff. I was like, all right, I'm not interested anymore. Get back to the little creature in the woods that only that yeah. only affects like a few square miles. You know right. that, that I'm interested yeah. again.
0: Yeah, it's like the movie Logan. It's if if it it doesn't need to be in the X Men universe for it to be great. Like it's just you feel the reality of the situation. Yeah. You know, it's, it just happens to be that he's Wolverine,
2: <laughs> you know, it's like,
1: you know, and there's felt a few like The other. Captain America movies worked on that level. Yeah, you know they I mean? were, Those very, were my favorite of the Marvel yes. movies because take away Captain America's, you know, super soldier stuff and just make him more like a Jason Bourne type yeah. of person who's highly trained or something and everything still works. Yeah. Everything still works in the Captain America movies, even that Civil War one. Yeah, because that one works because it's 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 about a dissolution of a friendship. That's exactly. It's about. Right. I mean, that's what it's really about. It's about choosing one friend, literally choosing one friend over another. I mean, that's if you really go to like <laughs> it's the, true, the playground, <laughs> the playground version of this, it is like you are displaying loyalty to one friend over another friend, and how does that fall out? Well, in this case, like we say, it falls out with people with superhero powers. Right. Just kind of like Midnight Mass falls out with with the vampire. So it's this huge escalation of it. But really, when you boil it down, it's so relatable because everybody's probably had to make some kind of similar choice in their lives of, you know, whether it's like uh, a romantic relationship or just a a platonic relationship where you've had to maybe and, and maybe you've made the wrong choice. Sometimes, maybe, right. you know, what you were saying earlier, loyalty to self first. Maybe yeah. you saw that or we saw, I should say, that our loyalty to one friend or acquaintance would be more advantageous to us. So we chose that. Over... Yes. So these themes are so relatable, They're and relatable. That's why that's why the movies work. Yeah. And I think
0: that's why you said we're going through something here in this time with movies and stuff. And I think that's what it is. It's like maybe these directors, the studios they are like, well, these make a lot of money when we put it out and we kind of appeal to the, the lowest version of watching a movie, bang, blow up, boom, you know, get some big time people. Let's get the rock in there. Yes. Let's this is like, Oh, let's do that. Versus like this overarching emotional, Hammer it home, this is what it means to be human. And it's like, I feel like there's a struggle to make that type of movie. And it's like, okay, is it going to be Avatar? Is it going to be like, is it going to be Captain America? Is it going to be Avengers? Or are we willing to make something that really has a lot of heart and exposes what it means to be a person? I mean, you could kind of do both if you're good at it. I mean, it's like, I don't know that many people are that good at it. I mean... The best directors
1: not. do. The best directors are I think I they're brothers, right? They did a couple of the Captain America movies and the Russo did, brothers, yeah. Okay, and then they did a couple of the like the big Avenger movies. I yeah. think they did the 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 two biggest ones, yeah. right? Endgame and all that, yeah. I mean those guys are master craftsmen. Yeah. I mean those guys separate, you know, the the men from the boys. I do. When it comes to taking all of these you know ridiculous, silly characters out of comic books and creating stories and narratives and directing the you know these stories and narratives in a way that are impossibly big, yeah, and yet we can all relate to them like we all you know what I mean there's so yeah. much emotion,
0: so much emotion
1: in those movies one of the one of the scenes I was most impressed with of any marvel movie was uh when we see Fat Thor for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Chris Evans in that scene. People don't give these actors enough credit. He's having to talk to somebody who's pretending to be like a little raccoon. Yeah. And somebody who's pretending to be an 8-foot tall green behemoth, and
2: yeah. then another
1: guy is pretending to be like a 7-foot tall like rock thing. <laughs> yeah. All while he's pretending to be you know, Thor, the god of thunder, who's horribly depressed and going through an existential crisis. That scene is so good. And anybody who's interested, just go back and just watch that scene and and think about all those little aspects of it and think about the acting that that guy, Chris Evans? Yeah, Chris Evans, yeah. Right? Chris Evans, yeah. Think about the acting he's doing in that scene. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, that's off-the-charts acting. Yeah. And I don't care that it's a, a silly superhero movie. No, it's... That acting is off-the-charts.
0: But there's lots... of, And it's great because that franchise is funny to me because there's lots of excellent actors. And I think, case in point, again, this feels like we're pulling... You know what's great? It's the beginning of the year, and we're pulling back stuff from last year a little bit, too. Yeah. We yeah. reviewed Wind River. Honestly, one of my yeah. favorite movies. That so really it, is. I'm talking like... That's a, that that's a movie that sticks with you. It's a That thing sticks movie like the cold you. weather yes. in that movie. It yes. is like Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, you're like what the hell? <laughs> like like and you feel the reservation, the uncomfortableness, the the mystery, the the sorrow, you feel the sorrow, you feel the toughness, the grit, you know?
1: That's a movie that puts Female empowerment on display in a way that is so great, yeah, and so relatable. I mean, we talked about that scene where he he lets the the guy go at the end, but yep. he tells him how the girl that they that they killed, she lasted like six miles or something like that in her bare feet and stuff like that. And he's like, I'll I'll give you like twenty minutes. Yeah, that's the <laughs> difference between just saying that out loud just gives me chilling. You know. I mean, that is, if you're, you're wanting to do, you know, the LGBTQ+, the, the minority, the female empowerment stuff, that movie is the right way to do it. Right way to do it. Elizabeth Olsen, awesome. She's yeah, not some invincible, right. <laughs> you know, super smart, all this stuff. No, she's a hardworking, young agent who's just trying to do the right thing. She needs help. She gets shot. Luckily she's wearing her Kevlar and stuff. Right. But you know, she's she's just she's not invincible, you know? Not but, invincible. But, but you're rooting for her the whole time. You want her to succeed the whole time. She's a strong, amazing character and she breaks down crying because because she's she's a real person. Yeah. She's a real person. And when we see a lot of these movies that are doing the empowerment thing, they're not real people. No. They're not believable. We don't relate to them. I don't feel empowered by them. I don't I can't see how a woman or or a minority can feel empowered by some of these people that are completely unrelatable and they're not real. They're just not real people. Yeah. It's like I can't really relate to Superman. <laughs> of course not. Even, even though he's one of my favorite characters of all time and I have nothing I have so much to say that's great about Superman. But I can't really relate to Superman. Yeah. Because he's not—he's—he's he's too great to be real. I can't.
0: Right. He's too great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's too perfect. Yeah. He's too powerful. He—he he can do—he can—he can do too much for me to be able to relate to that.
3: Yeah. That's totally true. So I don't true. feel
1: empowered by him.
3: No. No. no you man, may be entertained. I don't. I
1: don't feel empowered by him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there are stories that I think are beautiful. And they show different aspects of humanity in a wonderful way, but the, the, the Superman himself, yeah, there's, there's, it's like saying I can relate to God. It's like no, right. I can't really, I can't really relate to that. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: well, it's interesting. I think James Gunn he tried to flip the Superman story on its head with Brightburn and make Superman evil. Yeah. Um, that what if Superman wasn't the hope of humanity, but was Essentially, just an evil alien from another planet, you know, and the same story, but that, you know, he wants to take over the planet. Yeah. And he's, bad. he's a bad seed. Bad. Yeah. He's a bad seed. And I, I mean, the acting was not good in the movie. I watched it not that long ago, but I appreciated the try to flip it, but, you know, it's kind of like, in the end, I Conceptually, it's very interesting. It's, yeah, it's like ex, In
1: execution, it was. In
0: execution, it was. It's like, uh, and, but then again, I also have like, I had this bias of, like, well, I just don't want him to be like this. I don't want him to be evil. (laughs) Like, you know, but then, like, how could he be more – like, that's probably more realistic. Like, is he just going to be, like, completely docile towards humans, like an alien? Uh, Maybe. Probably not. That seems too perfect. But is he going to be completely evil, too? Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I like a superhero to me or any character that struggles with power. Like, they struggle with it. Yes. Like, they have – it'd be kind of like – I like this kind of thought experiments. Like, like if you – if we woke up tomorrow and every human had a superpower, I think it would be massive chaos. Massive chaos. Yeah. It wouldn't be good. No. It would not be – it would be a huge struggle, and you would have people who would be like, I don't want this. I do not want this. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the best superpower you could think of, I don't want this
1: responsibility. Yeah.
0: I like when people struggle with the responsibility of something. That's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, that is um that is that I I feel like a lot of those themes come to bear in nature versus nurture. Yes. So what if what if Superman had been found by terrible parents? Right. You know, and that goes to what you're saying. It's like, what if we wake up tomorrow, we all have superpowers. Yeah. Well, some of us have been raised in such a way that we would want to do good with our powers or whatever. And some of us maybe we're the Danny DeVitos of the <laughs> yeah. world. And we just want to, like, take advantage, you know. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking about the twins thing. There's a wonderful moment in twins where they um, they don't call it that because yeah. they don't want to be so on the nose with it. But they, they talk about nature versus nurture. You know, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is, yeah, maybe he is genetically superior to Danny DeVito, but he also was given all of the advantages of a wonderful, virtuous life, whereas yeah. Danny DeVito's character was not. He was given the, basically the opposite of that. And how how would that have changed if they, you know, if 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 one had gone one way and one, you know, it's, yeah. You know, that, that that right there is another you know it, nature nurture is such an interesting thought experiment uh, on its own you know I have five kids and, and I am convinced that they would all be wonderful people no matter who raised them yeah um, but I was just I was just talking about with this with somebody the other day and I was telling them you know the the so I don't accept responsibility for my kids turning out so wonderful because I I just think they were already wonderful I I really do. However, the greatest compliment that I've ever received out from outsiders are when, and this happened multiple times over the years, teachers and people like that have, have told Shannon and myself that uh, they can tell that our kids come from a loving home. Yeah. That our kids are loved at home. That, that's the only thing I can take credit for, really. Yeah. Is that I have loved my children. And I've I've done it in the best way I, I know how. Yeah. And I've tried to show through that example to them how to love. But they keep on proving that they're better than me. <laughs> My children do. They just keep proving that they are more virtuous. They are more, they, they're just better people. So how can I take credit for them being good when they're better than me? And, you know, for you, I think knowing you a little bit, um, you
0: know, and you have a, a larger family than I do, and you have different aspects of your kids that I, you accept and you cheer on your children's different personalities, identity, how they feel about themselves, and and when some of those things uh, are maybe opposite of your own deal, you, yeah. you you always love them, you care about them, you talk with them about it. And that's to me, that's parenting. You providing love, and because you know it's a, it's a, uh, it's a weird thing, like having a child. That child can be from you, or in my case, adopted, and they could be very much like you, or completely opposite of who you are. Like yeah. I'm talking completely opposite. You still have to provide the love and accountability in the environment.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, uh, in your case adopted because I think um, being a parent is celebrating diversity. Yeah. So whether you're a parent like me of multiple children, yeah. multiple different personalities, or you're taking on somebody who isn't even your offspring, you know, so you have you you can't really know, you know uh, most of the time through through adoption. What that kid kind of inherited from, from who or what, you know? And so you're really playing the, I mean, whether you have your own children or you adopt, you're always playing the lottery there. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter, man. Yeah.
0: You're like, well, what do we got here? Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: But that's when it, you're celebrating diversity because you have to accept from the get-go that your child is not going to be you. Yeah. And and, and and accept is the wrong word. You have to, once again, celebrate. Yes. That they are not you. And you know the parents that have the heart, that struggle the most, I think, with their children, are the ones who are not celebrating the fact that their children are not them. And maybe in that way I should be celebrating Ryan Johnson, even though he's not my child. <laughs> but he is so far from me. Yes. I guess in my personal taste for, for what 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 makes a good movie that maybe I need to be <laughs> instead of tearing him apart, I need to be celebrating that that he's he's a, he's a he's a voice of diversity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I like the voice of diversity, but see this, this is my thing with current movies too. It's like The forced diversity of or the forced wokeness. Let me be clear, like I enjoy diversity as a person who is from an uh, underrepresented population of people. I want to see more black people in things, but I do not want to see more black people in things if it's like, listen, hit me over the head with it. Hit me over the head with it. I'm going to force these characters into this to satisfy a social quotient that I'm not Mm -hmm. into. I'm not into,
1: yeah.
0: like, but so it's there's two sides to it for me, you know.
1: You know, uh, and, and and that stuff is tricky. You know, I, I think about this, and of course, I'm thinking about it from uh, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, <laughs> white male perspective. Blonde hair dye.
2: Love those, by the way. Love those. They get better every time.
1: <laughs> um, but you know, I I, I went on with my kids with the, the Disney service streaming service, whatever it's called, Disney plus. Um, and they have a whole section of celebrating black voices. Mm-hmm. I think is what they yeah. title it. It's like, okay, well, what about native American voice? What about Chinese? What about Korean? What about, you know, all this stuff. Um, and, 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 and when I, when I think about that, I was like, Oh, I, I'm starting to sound like all lives matter over here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't mean to to be, um, and, and and I am all for you know the celebrations of of you know black voices and things like that. But to to your point though, um, I also or or and also to our previous point, I also want some subtlety about it. Yes. You know what, what would celebrate black voices the most? Making great movies with black people in them. Right. exactly make a great dang movie yes that's the best way to celebrate anybody it's not to just make a movie with them it's to make a great movie yeah the best movie you can possibly make that's what celebrates exactly that was the problem with
0: the movie eternals they literally forced every type of person to be in that movie and it wasn't good if it was a great movie, I'd be like, okay. I mean, like, it's not a good movie. I'm <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like trying to fulfill a quotient here, I like yeah. a quota
1: here. Like,
2: what is, so what this? is it? Yeah. So, what like, does what it matter?
1: What does it matter? It's like, I, I, I'm glad those people have jobs. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, sure. But if you're just talking about from an artistic standpoint, what does it matter? And from a social standpoint, what does it matter to, to make something that is so easily forgotten? Hmm.
0: That's a big statement right there. What does it mean to make something that's so easily forgotten? <laughs> that's a big one there, actually.
1: That's a big you know, one. They they just unveiled that new huge statue of the embrace, Dr. King and his wife. Mm-hmm. And that's that's had a lot of uh, yeah. people with different, different commentaries <laughs> like, about it. Right, just <laughs> slightly. Like, <laughs> but I tell you what, that ain't going to be forgotten. No. No.
0: And I'm going to tell you, like, you know what? This is uh, actually today. Someone asked me, what's your favorite? What are some of your favorite podcasts? People ask me this a lot, actually, because I make so many podcast episodes. Like, what do you like to listen to? This is the honest truth, Simon. It's the honest truth. I would never lie to you. I said, what's one of your favorite podcasts to listen to? I said, it's actually from one of my good friends named Simon. I was like, I love his podcast. I was like, it's, like, really, really good. And, uh, like, if it wasn't, I just wouldn't listen to it. I just wouldn't. You know, like, it's really good because it's memorable. It's always Mm. – and I find my – like, the blonde hair dye, ad. that thing makes me laugh so hard. (laughs) I like to laugh. And I was like, this stuff's cracking me up. But then it's serious, too. Yeah. And there's just so much depth to it. And your performance, let's just call it. It's a great performance.
1: It's it like, is a performance. Is it's a performance. It's, it's, yeah,
0: it's excellent because it's memorable to me, type of thing. Mm.
1: Outside of our friendship, it's just memorable. And well, thank you. I mean, seriously, I mean that. That means so much to me. You know, it's like um, I, I've been having some of these conversations. Somebody, uh, a friend of mine, who who just clued into it and, and as, and was listening to it. And they, they were coming back and, and talking to me about it. And, uh, um, oh gosh. So, you know, uh, oh, they were, <laughs> they were wanting me to go all out on something. You know, they're just like, you know, you should really just go all out on this. And I said, I can't. And they're yeah. like, why? I was like, I've got to trickle it in mm. because if, if, and, and and I actually described it this way. Um, I was actually talking to Shannon about it last night, too. I, I was saying, I'm too much. I, I've got to be more like Satan than God. Mm. God comes down. If he wants you to know something, he writes it on stone tablets. And he says, don't do this. Don't do that. Do this. Do that. That's not how Satan operates. Uh, Satan just whispers, whispers and, and, and nudges and does things like that, you know. Well, if you're reading the Old Testament, who's more successful <laughs> in getting their ideas out there? Yikes. <laughs> so so instead of beating people over the head with stone tablets and saying, you know, do this, don't do that. It's like I, I'm just I'm just trying to trickle it in a little bit at a time. And I think that's the way to influence people. Going back to what we're saying before, subtlety. Subtlety. You know, I I don't need, uh, heaven knows, we don't need any more bricks through our windows. Right. You know, telling us about what we should and should not be doing, who we should and should not be. But if you can subtly infer things in an artistic way and make people think and say something that might actually stick with them. And not stick with them because they got it in the moment. Make it stick with them because they had to think about it later.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That, once again, that's the whole problem with Glass Onion. There's nothing to think about later. <laughs> <Is> it, seriously. <laughs> I agree. I'm going to agree with that. I will agree with that. <laughs> it's like we we got it in the moment. There's nothing to think about later. There's nothing to debate other than whether you liked it or not. But as far as the themes and the plot points and all these different things, you know, who's who's good and who's bad and who made a good decision, who made a bad decision. There's nothing to debate.
3: Yeah.
0: That's true. I think that's why, like, we go back to these movies and different things, because they really grab us on a regular, like we really think about it. Like, man, like there's nothing better than to be for me laying down and my mind's wandering and it comes to a movie that I'm thinking about. Like, why did they do that? And that, like, what would have I, what, would I have done that? Like, I start asking all these questions about it. That is the fault of Glass Onion is, it's very vapid in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you're like, okay, that's supposed to be this person. That's supposed to represent that person. Duh. Now, of course, it's ending. It doesn't give you that sense of like, man, I just didn't see that coming. Like, I, wow, why didn't I see that coming? like what about me like i couldn't see that you know
1: once again even if you just compare it to another silly comedy the movie clue which it keeps referencing throughout (laughs) its own movie the way that clue could could end in three at least three different ways that it that it shows um it it actually leaves a question mark in your mind which ending's the real ending which way did it actually happen you know uh yeah it's so uh, that's that's what makes a mystery a mystery yeah when it has different possible conclusions in the end it did happen a certain way um but even then maybe there's some doubt you know yeah. maybe there's you know
0: yeah <laughs> You know, I always think about, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Mystic River before. Yes. Man. Another Clint Eastwood. I mean, great acting. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. talking high-level acting. But it, <laughs> the end of the movie pissed me off. My wife always, Michelle's always like, I, I know how much you can't stand the end of that movie. I was like, yeah, because I'm fighting something that I feel is a natural urge for people, which is to have closure to something. Mhm. And in that movie at the end and Sean Penn is there you're like, "What? Why yeah. why didn't something happen to him? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I was all worked up about it, but that was the drop." Yeah. It's like maybe something did happen to him at some point down the
1: line, but not today, baby. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> hey, you don't get the satisfaction of knowing not today cuz we're not going to tie this up in a in a tidy little bow. Yeah. Humanity is too complex for that. Exactly. So if, if you're going to make a movie that actually displays humanity, you can't make a movie that ties everything up in a tidy little bow. That's fantasy.
0: That is fantasy. That is fantasy. But people want things to, they want it to be wrapped. They want certainty. Because that feels good. To, okay, open, shut. But how many things in life are just like out there? And you're like, when is this going to get resolved? <laughs> like, and like, think of somebody's familial trauma, whatever that trauma lasts so long and it's just ongoing and ongoing. And sometimes there's actually never a resolution between two people ever.
1: Sometimes you think you've got closure, but then something creeps up again. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause that's, that's humanity. That's just yeah. who, who we are. We don't, we don't heal perfectly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it's yeah. like, yeah, we heal, but it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, uh, I, 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 I retold kind of the, the Job story in my own podcast and I, and I, and I reference that. I say, you know, God gives him another 10 children at the end, but ha- that doesn't replace his first 10 children. No. He doesn't just all of a sudden have 10 children. And he forgot about the other 10. Yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, but sometimes we read these stories or we we watch these movies, and we do come to these ultra-simplistic conclusions. Yeah. Throughout my entire life, up until the last few years, when I kind of reignited my appreciation for the Book of Job, it's actually been more like 10 years ago when this happened. but, But just to say, you know, even then, so for the first 35 years of my life, knowing that story growing up in a christian household knowing the story of job understanding having read it multiple times things like that i went for the simple conclusion that everything's fine now job's fine now Mm -hmm. job job is better off now than he was before he's more rich now at the end than he was before so everything is fine happily ever after (laughs) you know which you and I know is being being two happily married guys. Yes. Happily ever after is r- ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we're happy. But <laughs> life is is hard. That's right. It didn't get easier when you found the person that you're going to spend, spend the rest of your life with. It actually probably got harder.
0: Correct. It's the same thing <laughs> with faith. Faith doesn't make things easier. It's not like, oh, man. I'm good now. Like, I'm going to have no problems after because I believe. Like, mm, yeah, You actually may have a lot more problems. <laughs> <laughs> there might be more money, more problems. More faith, more problems might be popping up. Man.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, gosh. I mean, I mean, if you believe in a God like the God of of the story of Job, then, then the more righteous you are, the more challenges you're going to have, like the harder challenges you're going to yes. have. Yes. So that's why I try to be, you know, unrighteous completely. Yeah. Complete heathen. Then God's like, I don't need to test him <laughs> because he's he's not worth my time and effort. He's already doing so much stuff wrong. <laughs> he's
0: ripping these movies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he's ripping Ryan Johnson's movies.
1: God has never gone to Satan and said, "Have you considered my servant Simon?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean he's out there. <laughs> like,
0: <Yeah. laughs> Satan was like, mm, not really. I uh you know Satan's bad.
1: like not not interested <laughs> no, in like, not... I already know this story. I, I'm interested yeah. in other people. <laughs> Satan's like, he's trying to do what I'm doing and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too on the nose for me, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to insidiously perpetrate the the minds of people, and that's what he's doing. I don't don't care for a copycat. I don't like that at all. Can
0: you imagine that conversation? I mean, the guy is doing Jesus the Bastard. That's my move. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally my move.
1: (laughs) Yeah, God's just up there thinking, yeah. Yeah, forget it. Let's move on. Let's, Let's move I mean, on. I love this guy. Let's you know, I mean, on. I kind of have to, but
2: yeah. <laughs> he's, this one um, me. You know,
1: you know to, to the point we made earlier, uh, if God is is literally Father, then He's got to celebrate diversity. So <laughs> right, He's got to love me. You gotta, <laughs> he just to, has to. to quote, to quote that old series, Dinosaurs from the '90s. I'm the baby. <laughs> I'm the me. baby. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's always like I think one of the things is it's funny uh, about talking about movies. It always lends itself to other things in life, and certainly, I mean, I think you can go to almost every episode we've done, and there's a there is a there's a God discussion in a, every in every episode, which is funny, I think, because it it just feels like it always leads back to it,
1: you know. Is with it, that. it has to. I mean, if you're going to yeah. talk about even if you and I were both complete atheists we would We would have to bring God into the discussion because you know faith is too infused in the culture of the world, yes, so you you can't you know uh have a discussion about values about humanity, about culture, about any of these things without invoking you know at least ancient scripture, yeah, you just can't because it's been too influential in art. In every place and you know around the world. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's always just like, like you say. It's like a natural yeah. evolution of of a conversation if you're going to talk about higher things. To talk about faith, even if you don't have it.
3: Yeah. No, it's true. And I I,
0: I feel like I think we've been good for each other on that. I actually have talked to a lot of people about this. Simon, I talk about you way more than I should be, by the way. It's annoying. (laughs) It's a little annoying. (laughs) As I told Michelle the other day, I said, I feel like one of the reasons why I really like Simon is I think we're both on a very similar path with spirituality. A sense that we both believe, but we're unafraid to question a lot of things within it. And I think that's actually a healthy place to be. I really do, and I think sometimes that throws people off to say, "Hey, listen, this there's a blindness here you're going with that you need to get rid of." Like, you can still believe, but be challenging also at the same time. It's if you that
1: take hard. that as an analog to our movies about, or our, our sorry, our conversations about movies, that's what we're talking about with with a writer yeah. director right. like Ryan Johnson. It's like, I think you're great. Yes, I think, you know, or you're 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 competent and skilled and creative and talented. But here's the crazy blind spots that you have in your filmmaking that are just keeping them from becoming great. And. And and so I always want people to hopefully take my criticisms of these movies with that kind of spirit in mind because I'm not coming from a place of hate, even if I hated the movie. <laughs> I'm really not coming from a place of hate when I criticize things. You know, I, I really, and I feel like you and, and I, as you know, when we talk about Christianity, we're not coming from a place of hate. Oh, We're coming from, when we, when we level our, our criticisms, it's not, oh, we hate Christians and we hate these oh. people and, you know, things like that. It's that... There is so much potential for greatness. And once again, I don't think you have to be a believer or a person of faith to see the potential for greatness just in the metaphor of Christianity right. or other religions. It doesn't have yeah. to be Christianity. It can be Judaism. It can be uh, mm-hmm. Buddhism. Anything. you, Any other religion um, that teaches good things. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but i would even go as far as to say satanism which is a very misunderstood belief system um but uh, but, but but there's metaphor there that that is that can enrich humanity on such a scale and it, and it has enriched humanity on such a scale but unfortunately we've also diluted it just like just like what we're talking with filmmaking yeah the messaging it's it, the the more in your face the messaging is, the more diluted it feels.
0: Thank you. There's another aha moment. That's exact. And that's what people have problems with when it's like you just push it into their face. It's like, okay, I don't want this. I'm not into this. You know, like, yeah. m- m- come on. It's got to be some nuance to this. It can't be like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> strike you ye down. Yeah. <laughs> like.
1: Even somebody like me, who I consider myself an ally to all the stuff, you know, the the woke idiot ally, you know, (laughs) but, but the more in your, uh, you know, I, I start all nearly siding with the opposition because I'm just like, can you just, can can we just have a nuanced conversation? (laughs) Exactly. Have to be fire and brimstone. I mean, it's
2: like, yeah, geez. You know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because all I have is I, I just have all this love in my heart for a, all, all kinds of people from yeah. every walk of life, and I just want us all to be successful and happy and feel fulfilled and satisfied with the lives that each of us are able and capable of leading. Um. But when when you get too preachy at me, you lose me. You lose me too, man. <laughs> you can't you can't if, be that. Even if you're saying things I agree with, you lose me.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the kind of comparison with the movies. Like you said, it's like, okay, you 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 have to think that
1: I'm smarter than this, <laughs> like,
0: like, that I know that there's a layer you're just not trying to get to for me, you know.
1: Every accusation that Ryan Johnson levels against, you know, the the type of caricatures yeah. that he presents in the movie, I agree with, and I still hate right. the movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's
1: just, because it's not a conversation. Yeah, that's something that I really believe in. I actually in, in in that little book I'm working on, I actually say yeah. that in the in the preface of the book. I say this book is meant to be a conversation, and I really believe that about all works of art. This is not a hard stance that I'm taking on all these things, and I'm immovable, you know, on on all this stuff. This is supposed to be a conversation that I'm trying to have with you, the reader, you know, Um, but, you know, I can't be there in person. I can't, you know, so this is a conversation that, you know, you read. And then the conversation is between your your brain and, and my written word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um and that's that's what what great films are. It's a conversation between the film and our ponderous minds. Yeah. If you give me nothing to ponder, then it's not a conversation anymore. You're talking you're talking at me, not to me. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. The man, how how many parallels is that to spirituality and religion and stuff. It's it's like you're gonna be a zombie and you're gonna sit here and you're gonna take all this in and you're never gonna question anything about it. Yeah. You're gonna watch this movie and a bunch of stuff's gonna blow up and you're not gonna think about anything. You're never gonna
1: question it.
2: You know?
0: It's like
1: the box office is gonna
0: be strong. <laughs> like,
1: I was just talking to a friend who's telling me that they think they're gonna stop going to church. Interesting. And for the
0: reasons we're talking about, yeah, yeah, and I get I totally get that
1: yeah you you preach at them now, now, if you've already drunk the kool-aid, you know and 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 you just you're there because you already yeah you know, okay, so here here's a big problem I have with faith in a congregational way, mm mm-hmm. if I already agree, why am I here, mm. So, and if you're just going to tell me things I I already agree with, how how am I ever going to learn? Hmm. So if I'm going to go and attend church, I'm sorry, but you've got to be a little more controversial. Agreed. You you you've got to tell me something that maybe I don't agree with. Yeah. You know and. Great teachers and great pastors have a way of doing that. It, it, that that brings you into the conversation. It doesn't ostracize you because you don't agree. It brings yes. you in. Yes. This You know what? This
0: you. reminds me of – I had a guest on yesterday, and they said – this was a public speaking expert, and it was interesting. She's uh, from Pakistan, and she had a very interesting take on cultural conformity. And she has purple hair, and we were bonding over our hair and stuff. But she says, <laughs> you know, like the best speaking and best messaging is through this – she said this principle called the Maya principle. I had never heard of it. I was like, I don't know what this is. She goes, well, it's a moderately advanced yet acceptable idea. It's was like, now where it I goes it. beyond is once that goes, if it's an advanced idea but it's completely inappropriate and over the top, that becomes extremism at that point. But people will follow you if you have a moderately advanced idea that it's it's acceptable. Moderately advanced yet acceptable. And I think for me like I I want to be open I've I've struggled with church tremendously. Like I physically haven't been to church in a couple years, but I attend the church that I am uh, a part of in Las Vegas that I for like that I've been a part of for 20 years online. I have ne- I never miss a week ever. I just mm. always watch it, right? So and it's primarily because the pastor of that church, who has been the pastor since the first day I was at that church 20 years ago, he seems one he's funny. I like people who are funny. But yeah. two, he seems incredibly flawed. Like he wears his flawed nature in his sermons. So I like like movies I relate to him. Like, he's, he's like, human. you know, I watched the Dallas Cowboys, his favorite team. He's like, you know, and I, I watched a game and I, you know, I lose my religion a couple of times when I'm in there. And I mean, we both know he's dropping F-bombs, right? It's like, yeah. it's like yeah. right. And yeah. I like that. I like for yeah. my pastor to, to curse here and there. <laughs> That's controversial because this person is supposed to never be like this. They're yeah. supposed to never utter these types of things or, you know, slip up here and there. That's not the type of person I want to be around. <laughs>
1: like, I just don't. It's it's not interesting. You it's know, not interesting. It's, uh, uh, and, and when I use that word interesting, people might think I'm using it maybe in a passive way. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm bored. This isn't interesting. It's like, no, it's, I'm using that in a very, Profound. I'm trying to use it in a profound way, yeah. To where thought provoking, yeah. It, it, you're not capturing my imagination. Yeah. If something doesn't capture my imagination, why why am I involved in it? Right. Especially when it's an extracurricular. It doesn't have to do with you know hunting, gathering, shelter, yeah. you know the the things that we have to do to survive. So if it's an extracurricular, which faith is. You know, to, to put it bluntly, faith, church, all that stuff is an extracurricular because we don't need it to survive. Ask any atheist. They're right. doing just fine. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm going to participate in this extracurricular, you better captivate captivate me. And that goes for movies. It goes for politics. It goes for anything <laughs> you are putting out in front of me and you expect me to participate in, you better captivate me or else yes. I'm out. That's exactly right.
0: It's exactly, and that's that's kind of been my, I think I, that's kind of been my stance, and it's just, uh, my wife and I are very similar. I said, listen, this this has to really speak, speak to me, and I know, you know, it's like, this is the honest truth. Like, this is so funny to me. It's like when our pastor, when he goes on vacation and stuff, he's literally said this. He goes, I want you to still watch the, the message. I know everybody thinks like, I'm the guy, but you know, there's other people that God's working through. Yeah. He's saying that because people are like, this other guy's not that interesting. <laughs> like, like, or this other person is not pulling me. Yeah. And I tell my wife all the time, like it or not, that's part of it. Like, you may feel have the same conviction, but if you're not pulling me, I don't know. I'm not going to that movie. <laughs> that doesn't mean my faith is any less because I didn't want to hear this guy speak or this woman speak. Yeah. No, like when I was like sometimes when this happen, I go, you know, I I told my wife, I got this great podcast. I love listening to science plus God. It's because I know I'm never going to hear that at that church about that. So I need other supplemental material that I find a little more controversial that pulls me in. I get different views of my spirituality. That's where I'm at. Like,
1: yeah,
0: I don't know. That's just where I'm at with it, you know?
1: And, and I I want to clarify something to, to for, for anybody listening. When I use the term controversial, and I think you're using it in a similar way. Yeah. I'm not talking about, um, you know, you know, oh, I support Putin or something. You know what yeah, I mean? No. <laughs> it's like, no, no. That's not the controversial I'm talking about. When I, say, when I say controversial, I mean it's something that I either hadn't contemplated Or I mean, it's something that when I first hear it, I'm like, I don't I don't know if I agree with that or not. Yeah. But it causes me to ponder there. There's a controversy in my mind over this concept. And that happens oftentimes when we hear truth. Because it's not a truth that we have are accustomed to. So controversy, I can't speak controversy. (laughs) Controversial shit. It's my dentures, you know. (laughs) I have the worst dentures on the planet, man. They're all crooked. But um, anyway, uh, we need controversial things happening. We need, um, uh, you know, if you you put it into maybe like a, a health aspect. You know, you need, you know, micro tears and and micro, you know, breaks in your bones and all these kinds of things in order to grow stronger, in order to become the strongest and best version of ourselves. And our minds need the same thing. And if you just keep hearing the thing that you already agree with over and over again, you there's no there's no room for growth there. No. So you need to hear stuff you don't agree with so that you can ponder it. Because a lot of that stuff that you don't agree with today is actually tomorrow or the next day or the next year. You'll you'll be like, you know what? That That's actually right. Yeah. Yeah. But we need time to grow with it. We need time to grow with it.
0: And you need to have, I just like, I feel like, you know, what's the resources you're into? And like, I understand your friend saying like church thing. I was like, yeah. So because I think that's also going through a big change. Right now, it's like we're in a different time with movies, with church, I mean, with how we see representation in people, politics, whatever. And it's a it's a shake up time. And I think if you're on the side of like just traditionalism and you just want things to be how they used to be all the time. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck, man. I mean, you're going to be in that dead church that has, you know, a couple people in there. Doing the same old thing, talking about the same old things, and you're just going to lose people. You know, things are moving forward. And how we receive things, I think, are moving forward. And I think people are scared of that sometimes. I'm not scared of that. I don't feel that I'm a lesser believer because I get my resource in a different way from someone. You know, like, it's just, or that I question, like, if the church has a stance of, like, on gay marriage or, lesbianism or or gender identity and it's like they they just don't even want to talk about it they it's a sense and i can't i can't get that resource i can't be a part of that resource Mm -hmm. like i got to get in a different way because this is an old idea (laughs) like that is not (laughs) this actually isn't what you think it is you know like come on it's time to move on (laughs)
1: like i listened to a debate recently between a atheist guy and a christian guy yeah and you know it's, it's silly right yeah you know trying to to um the my compliment to the atheist is that he was not trying to prove that god does not exist his point was that we just don't need god mm-hmm. in order to be good people yeah and i was like well yeah i totally agree with that some of the best people i know are atheists that's right. it's anecdotal but i know that if i decide right now in this moment that god doesn't exist i'm not going to turn into a bad person yeah I'm still the same me, you know, and so, so it really has nothing to do with it. But and, and what I would my my criticism of the Christian guy was that he was spending so much time trying to prove that God exists. And that's why we're we are moral good people is because God exists. And I was like, well, I don't know. The, the problem is that you can't prove that you can't prove it. No. So So why are you wasting your time trying to prove that? <laughs> Just say something that's interesting I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that sounds I know that sounds really simplistic, right, but really, like bear with me here. it's like I don't need somebody to prove the existence of God, I just need you to say something interesting that that will make me ponder, that will make me think about myself and my place in in the world and 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 amongst the people around me. The most interesting things Jesus has to say are. Are about not worshiping God directly, but more indirectly by the way we interact with our our fellow human beings. Yeah, I mean that's interesting, and that I, is I, it interesting. Gets, that, that that message gets lost so much. People are so so worried about you know <laughs> their relationship with God that they sacrifice their relationship with other people for their relationship with God. And Jesus, he preaches the exact opposite of that. He's like, you don't have a relationship with God if your relationship with other people is on the skits, you know? It's so crazy that that message is is so fundamental to what Jesus teaches, and it's so gone in modern Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, it's 2,000 years later, but still, it's like, how is it we call it, you know... a Christian church and the emphasis isn't on and and all the emphasis I should say not just a little of it but all the emphasis isn't on just how you treat other people Yeah. and especially those with whom you disagree I mean there could be no in my mind the question about God existing or not existing, Jesus being a real person, not a real person, none of that matters if you don't get that fundamental teaching right. And so, you know, that's my, that's my biggest That's criticism. very thoughtful.
0: No, it's, I, I, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's the, it's the, uh, the view that it has come into view for me in the last 10 years exclusively that. Like, whatever you – like, listen, whatever someone's gender is, whatever, their sexual orientation, like, what does that matter? Like, what (laughs) – it's how you treat people. Like, everyone – they're all – everyone's people. We're all people. How are we treating people? If we're exclusionary, this person's this and that, you're doing a poor job of treating people. I mean, you just are. Just because they're different than you? Like
1: (laughs) – You know, if, if I can speak directly to Christians right now, especially those who are of the conservative persuasion, who and 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 by that I just mean those who might not like the whole gender identity yeah. movement and things like that. Uh, if you don't like those people, you're not Christian. As much as you have done it unto others, you've done it unto me. So if you refuse, even even if you refused to use somebody's preferred pronoun, yeah, you're no longer Christian because you've done that to God. Now, you've now told God you won't use his or or hers preferred pronoun, you know, who you believe in. So sorry, you're disqualified. No longer (laughs) Christian. You're following something else. You're, You're in a religion. That's for sure. But it ain't, it, the, ain't it ain't this one. It ain't the <laughs> one, one teaching the teachings of Jesus.
2: Yeah,
0: you're, I mean that's a bold, wonderful, to me, incredible statement because it, it it comes down to the simplicity of it. You know, it's like if you're casting these people as horrible humans, and you don't, you're just not part of what Jesus taught. You're literally spitting in the face of that, like. Yeah. It's not that hard, man like, no. really it's really that's not like there's some weird this isn't the Drake equation to figure out how many you know formalized civilizations exist in the
1: cosmos
0: you know let's take this times three to the power times forty five okay it's pretty simple
3: man yeah.
1: <laughs> Jesus laid it out, you know i mean he, he didn't leave uh he he left a lot of room for contemplation contemplation about how to do that in our lives how to accomplish these things in our lives but he didn't leave any question about what is expected and i think that's just good teaching and good parenting And i think that that's one of the things i've always tried to emulate when i'm you know even when i'm just telling my kids what what you know chores i want them to do i i don't want there to be any question in my expectation you know how you do it, how you get it done, that's up to you. But there's no ex- there's no question about the end result that's expected. And and I think Jesus was really good at, about that. He was just really good about it. Whether he's it's the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, or yeah. you know, or or any other uh, you know parable or things like that that he taught, he was just really good about expressing things in a deep, profound, and metaphorical sense so that there's lots of room for each individual person to figure out how they implement that in their own personal, individual life. But the end result's got to be the same. Yeah. That you've treated other people well, that you've been a good neighbor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's like this radical idea is so simple, but is is literally being thrown away by especially conservative elements of Christianity, which I would argue is just not Christianity at all. I don't think so. We keep calling it conservative Christianity or fundamentalist. It's just it's not Christianity. It just isn't. It it follows none of that. It's just it's it's something else.
1: It is, you know, it, it's a it follows an isolationist America first policy. It it, it it's Trumpism disguised yeah. as religion, which I I suppose Trumpism might be a religion right. at this point. Right. But I mean, it, it, and you know, I and, uh, I'm not trying to demonize people of uh, a conservative political persuasion at all because um that that's just not true. To say that, you know, everybody's the same. Uh, There's even just anecdotally, I can tell you a thousand conservative Christians I know who, even when they're going to a church that isn't teaching it right, they're doing it right. Yeah. Because that I I think fundamentally we're all kind of wired that way. And that's what the Christian guy was trying to argue is that we're wired that way because of our faith in God. Mm. But I'm just like, I'm sorry. I mean, it just doesn't hold up. It doesn't, it doesn't hold water because there's people all throughout the world uh, of of all kinds of beliefs and no belief that are still wired that way. Of of course. You know, I mean, they're they're, they're still just trying to do the best they know how to do. Uh, You know, maybe, The best way to reach people is to start talking about our humanity versus our divinity. You know, that's something I've really concentrated on. (laughs) I I think that's what Jesus was so much about, man. Simon, that's big. That's, I honestly
0: (laughs) see. Oh, yeah, hold on. Wait a minute. I haven't thought about that. (laughs) There you go. That's the whole thing. (laughs) That's the, like, the cricket. The the brain's like,
1: what? (laughs) <laughs> so in the last podcast episode i did i don't know if you, you saw, heard that one yet but it i i talk about this a little bit you know i i say how much more interesting would it be if jesus was just a normal guy he's yeah. not the son of god how much more interesting is it for a normal guy to do what he did and he doesn't have any advantage of having a divine heritage yeah um How much more interesting is it for us to be here and to do the right thing without any hope for any afterlife at all? I mean, how much more interesting is it that we we, we feel so profoundly, but maybe we're just not special? You know, does that make any sense? I I don't know if I'm I'm communicating that really well, but. um, Well, it feels like the
0: the focus is always on the divinity, but the humanity reveals
1: the the divinity. Yes. Yes. You're saying it much better than I am. Thank you very much. (laughs) That was so that was so much easier. (laughs) That was quick, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that what Jesus is trying to say? The way you treat other people, you know, exposes, demonstrates, whatever, the the divine. But, but, but that is humane, everyday things. It's not big things. And we get lost in the, the, the idea that Jesus did something so big. You know, as Christians, we get lost in the idea that, that Jesus did this thing that's so big and the, the atoning sacrifice. And And for everybody, I'm not trying to diminish that. But at the same time, I want to diminish that at least for a minute here. As we contemplate, what if it didn't ever happen? What if Jesus doesn't atone for everybody's sins? What if he's not the savior of the world? aren't the teachings still good? Shouldn't you still do the things that he taught? So that's the real point I'm getting at. And I think that is the point that Jesus would probably try to tell everybody. Listen, God or no God, you should be treating people right. Yeah.
0: Right. (laughs) I mean, you should basically, most people should be a Jesus fan because of the humanity.
1: Yes. But trying to make him... So big, so divine, that he is in everything and of everything. You know, the whole Nicene Creed, you yeah. know what I mean? Now you're losing people. You're losing the atheists because they don't want to hear all this messaging from, you know, the, the, the guy. Especially from people who are saying, Jesus, take the wheel because I can't handle it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're dependent upon this. Other thing that that nobody can see and there's no proof of existing. That's not a compelling way to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if you just say, "Hey, this guy, he came along and he said, no matter what your differences are in nationality or religion, you should love one another." Yeah. And no greater love hath man than this than he lay down his life for another. I mean simple, easy to understand sayings that we all need to contemplate every day how we put that into practice in the simplest ways. Yeah. We got deep, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It actually honestly it just made it also made me think about that's I think one of the greatest burgeoning ideas. And as a practitioner of it, as someone who practice who uh, takes psychedelics is the it creates a, a larger sense of humanity, which also reveals a larger sense of divinity through the process of it. For mm. it, it doesn't give you spirituality; it gives you more humanity, and then it pulls spirituality within you from it. That's the beauty of psychedelics, and almost anyone who has been a part of it, had ceremonies, trips. Is it reveals a better human is in there that wants to be better, but it creates a huge wave of spirituality as as mm. a part of that. With it, it's it's the beauty of it. It begins with humanity, and then the monsoon is the spirituality that comes after that.
1: I love that, and I, I think that's what most people find enticing about religion. Right, and that's why you know i always want to hesitate before i criticize any religion yeah because of that because people find we you know so much meaning that monsoon you're describing yeah you know so many people have felt that in their lives that i would never you know want to say um you know you know it's all it's all bunk and nobody should do it and nobody yeah. should believe it what what you and i are saying is that there's a better way to do it yes and ironically, the better way to do it was the original way that, that <laughs> Jesus said in the first place.
0: This is a new news, man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the glass onion. This is
0: the gl- and it comes back. This is literally the glass <laughs> onion. The transparency of the
1: thing. <laughs> it's so obvious from the get go what we were supposed to be doing the whole time, doing the thing the whole time, but we let it get too complicated. And we let our our longing for the divinity to eclipse the humanity. Most definitely. Man,
0: this – guys, you know what time it is. It's pump-up <laughs> Simon time. I can't say anything better than that.
2: Oh, <laughs> I man. don't want to
0: say anything better. I'm not into one-upsmanship. I just enjoy listening to great things like that. Simon, you are, you know, I like to do this through the form of telling stories of what somebody asked me and then I tell them about you. Oh so man, I love it. This is the best way versus, oh, I love, you're a great guy. I mean, that was, that's good too. But another example. So one of my clients was like, oh, um, I don't think I told you this. We're moving to Colorado.
2: <laughs> no. We're I moving to no Colorado idea. this All summer.
0: Right. I can talk to you about it more offline, but. Yeah. And it, and they said, Oh, you're gonna miss like a lot of your friends and stuff. I was like, No. <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> I said, No, I was like, I like people and stuff. I said, but a lot of my good friends don't live near me. And I said, in fact, one of my really great friends I've never met in person. Yeah. But where oh, I live is irrelevant to, to my friendship level. And I started talking to them about, you know, what we're doing with this and stuff like that. And uh I think my um, appreciation of our friendship grows X, like 10x every time I talk about you with someone else. Isn't that it, it, it just it just yeah. it grows another level because I'm getting to talk about somebody that I care about, and when they ask me something and you come up, I'm like, well, this means that this is more important to me than I think it is. Yeah, like because this is what's coming to mind when somebody asks me about friendship. Or ask me about, you know, my thought process on spirituality or what a movie's, you know, it's like this person's invading my existence in a positive way.
1: (laughs) That sounds negative. It's very positive. I I just just love the way you said it. It was great. It's
0: very difficult to create friendship off of not having, you know, in-person time. But I feel like that has not been necessary
1: for this. No, it fact, is not it might, been, it, and it's, it, it might ruin it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but this is this is
0: a great testament to how wonderful of a person you are. That I feel convicted to talk about you regularly to other people I know because oh, that's man. how important you are to me.
1: I feel the same way. It, you know, every, every time I talk about our conversations, I feel like I I kind of light up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and I'm always excited to kind of tell you know, Shannon, what we talked about, you know, you know, just things like that. And, 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 uh, you know, my best compliment to you is that I come away from these conversations. I'm my mind's revved up and I'm ready to create something. Yeah. And I think that is the best compliment I can give anybody because that, that that means you're interesting to go back to what we were talking about before. You're compelling. You're interesting. you've, being with you talking with you has to use a biblical phrase quickened my mind you know and so it, it comes alive sparks start flying and i'm and, and every time we're, we do a podcast i'm like okay i've got a i've now i've got rejuvenated ideas that i need to like work with yes you know what i mean yes
3: <laughs> thank you
0: man yeah i think i feel the same way so it's like now especially as we ended on the spiritual talk i'm like okay i gotta apply this okay humanity let it reveal divinity and like i really want to ingest that idea because i feel like i want to do that but i haven't like phrased it the way you phrased mm. it the way of like okay okay how do i bottle this in a way that i can really live this in a sense and i feel like i try to do that but anyways it's there's always a we need to make a t shirt yeah we should make at <laughs> <laughs> that's a great that's a great t shirt <laughs> simon that's a
2: great t shirt <laughs> that's
0: a it's a great t shirt we're like Forrest gump running on the yeah. g-
1: <laughs> shit divinity <happens>. reveals divinity <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> no, that just and mm. i
0: think that's the that's one of the geniuses of life is like there are people you're going to spend time with in your life. Hopefully, that you gain so much from the relationship. I'm getting a lot out of this, like a lot. So it's I feel it's like, always I feel like you and I out. have
1: both grown. We've helped yeah. each other grow so much yeah. over the last couple of years that we've yes. been having these conversations, and that, that that's that's what you want out of a friendship. Yeah, yeah. That's the advantage. You know, we talk about being selfish. Like the yeah. advantage you get out yeah. of a friendship or something. But it's like you and I don't want anything else from each other except for, like, to be inspired by good yes. ideas.
0: Yes. And that your move from, exciting. like, Portland to Alabama
1: was inspiring. Like, oh, who does that. True. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love Colorado, so now I have, and, and you'll be that much closer. So right. Another excuse to. But yours is pretty,
0: in. yours is way more extreme than mine. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I mean. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. These are polar opposite places and <laughs> ideology and feel, you know, generally speaking, generally speaking, you know, yeah, no, and I, I like that you go out on a limb, and that is interesting. Washington and Colorado had a lot of same feel in a sense, but they're different places, I get it. yeah, but that it was inspiring to me that you did that. I'm just like, I like people who do things that are different. And, like, out there. It's like, even like I don't know how many times I've told this story about you going to, or whatever, the coffee shop, and you're asking, like, when's the last time you've been in love? I've told that story so many times. <laughs> I told it on one of my recent podcasts to this lady, uh, uh, Chow Wild, who is a yogur, yogi, a painter, and a musician.
1: Oh, and I saw the title for that one. I haven't gotten to that one yet. I talked about you. Put you put out so many. I've got to, I know. Oh, man, I've got now, now I've got it. Now, now I'm, I'm doing, now like, five it. a week. It's crazy.
0: What <laughs> is it's yeah. like. And I referenced you. I was like, you're a lot like my friend Simon. Because like, she goes, I just want to skip the small talk. Like, I just want to skip that. I was That's like, haven't I heard this brilliant.
1: before? Yeah. <laughs> so my, my twin is out there somewhere. Yeah, man. it was weird. Yeah.
0: I was like, okay, I'm going to reference this t- t- talk I had with Simon. You know, 'Cause because this person that clearly is, so is very much into the same thing. Like, let's just get through this. Like, I just I don't want this. <laughs> I just don't want this. <laughs>
1: It's not interesting. There's nothing compelling about small talk.
0: That that's what she, that's what she said. Okay, not like that, but that's what she yeah, said. yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> so you you're always there's thoughts about you. You know, it's like things come up, and that's how I want to be. I want people to think of me in the sense of like, hey, he has interesting ideas. He has interesting conversation. Uh, he's memorable on some level. You know. and,
1: and you are because of your curiosity, right? Somebody paid me that compliment the other day, and they they just told me I was really interesting, and I was like, really? I mean, I didn't come up with any of this stuff. I mean, maybe I I like took diverse pieces and maybe put them together in some way, but but you know, I mean, what's interesting are the ideas that I'm talking about. I'm not interesting. I'm just some you know average Joe. But I'm curious like you are curious, so I'm going after ideas that are interesting. And then when I talk about those ideas, people think I'm interesting. Right. I mean, no, it's just the ideas. The ideas are interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: There's a lot of interesting ideas. Man, what a man. What an amazing time. Man, we really this is the magic. Start talking about a movie. It always shifts into something even deeper. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And, and I love that it, it seems to always happen this way. We need the whole time to get there. We need the whole time. <laughs> whether whether we had an hour or two hours, it like, once we're coming to the end, it's like, we, we get there. We get there. <laughs> we wrap it up. And
0: that's the glass <laughs> onion. That was the end of it. I was like, and that's the glass <laughs> that onion. That was it. <laughs> the transparency. It's literally in plain sight, right? Like, yes.
1: That's the point. So
0: if you watch Glass Onion, you got a lot out of this, more than you probably
2: thought you were going to get.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I mean, I hope so. I I hope you got more out of this than you did Glass Onion. (laughs) And there it is. Thank you,
3: Simon, so much, man.
2: Thank you.